Hi there and welcome to episode 58 of the ADHD Adults, our third um, extra episode. Is it our third? What's that? Yeah, what's says three at the bottom? It's got to be. Yeah, our third extra third. Thursday episode of the podcast. It's, it's uh, a continuation of our dooms to fail experiment of adding complete rubbish to your life twice a week instead of once. We started it for ADHD Awareness Month and so far... Some people are listening, maybe 10 of you. So we're going to carry on. As usual, I'm James Brown, the man with more hair than a double BG. He's changed the script again, haven't you, Al? A double yeah. BG. Yeah. That's du- double gibbing, as it's known uh, in, <laughs> in the community. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Your cultural reference point was the Bee Gees. Yeah. Pop. Pop music. Yes, I mean, it's very up-to-date and current, isn't it, Al? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, as usual, I'm joined by uh, Dr. Alex Connor, the man they employ as a stunt double for the Eminem adverts. Hi, Alex. Hello. Are we still doing these extra Thursday podcasts there, James? I'm, I'm not doing... I can't think of two hilarious hellos a week. Um, the, 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 the question really about that is the hilarious bit. Yeah, I can't think I mean, of two. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that bit. Because thinking, thinking, thinking of two things that are completely pointless and redundant, you know, is, is normally within your your wheelhouse. But hilarious things, you're never going to think of one a week, are you? Let alone two. <laughs> Saying "What's up?" doesn't write itself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. What what I will say is that we started doing these because people always ask for more personal reflections and bonus Not content. Yours. Not mine, no. And <laughs> unless I could, despite all the reasons not to. So we do. Um, we mainly do the extra one because otherwise I just spend my time sending like salt bay photos to James while I'm cooking because it angers him so it's much. Not, he's not even joking that he does. And that's when he remembers to send them because half the time he does the, the action like that in his kitchen yeah. without anybody being there on his own and just chuckles <laughs> to himself. It's so good. <laughs> and also, if we didn't do the James, would spend even more time outside his dad's hospital ward shouting, I'm a doctor as well. You are, James. <laughs> Well, I say you're a doctor. You've got the letters PhD scribbled on a flyer for the Black Country Living Museum, which actually really is a good uh, museum. Yeah. Mercy, yeah. mercy, <laughs> scribbled in my handwriting on a flyer for the Black Country Living <laughs> Museum. Well, thanks for that, Al. So, um, as usual, this white dog turd gently nestled amongst discarded whisper rappers on the 1980s school playing field of a podcast whisper. is also is also a tragedy in three parts. We'll discuss how the week between podcasts has been. It's a big one this week. Um, we'll talk about from our own perspective and also um, kind of what's in general been going on. Um, We'll also take some questions from our community, which have been sent in either via Discord um, or on socials. And then we'll, I suppose, give a little bit more of our personal reflections on this week's theme, which was ADHD and pain. Am I right in saying, Alex? That's right, James. It's pain. Fab. So crack on then, mate. How was your week, James? What have you been up to? It's been a week since we did the masking episode. How have you been? Um, yeah, not good, obviously. I can't remember if, if I if I told the story last week about the d- dad and him not not dying and me being told he was. <laughs> you did, yes. That was, yeah. Oh, that was, or was that this week? I don't know. That's the thing. I've, I've forgotten. So we'll, we'll leave that anyway, because obviously I don't want to go You have told it, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, that, I mean, Robert from Kidderminster is still in hospital. We're, we're waiting for him to get care, etc. So it's very stressful because trying to balance everything. But then after we recorded the last episode, that Guardian piece came out. And yeah, exactly. And understandably, the 
the outpouring of anger and frustration from people who are waiting for a diagnosis and then feel obviously slightly more invalidated because a piece like this comes out basically saying, well, everyone gets a diagnosis from somebody who obviously felt the need to get a diagnosis. And then people with a diagnosis have also been questioning themselves. We've had so many people get in touch in genuine distress saying, this has made me feel terrible. I'm doubting myself. I'm doubting the psychiatrist. It's diminishing, et cetera. But in that kind of maelstrom of, of anger and upset, that's what the positive is. That it, nothing in my experience since we've been involved in this <clears throat> sector, if you like, has united people like this article. And yeah. almost everybody, I think I saw two comments from, from people that were basically saying you shouldn't share this because you're fueling it. And, and someone saying there's nothing wrong with the article. But almost everybody was was united and saying this is terrible and we want The Guardian to do something. And obviously they've they've not yet. Um so they haven't even responded, have they? No, and I don't think they will because they, I think they realize again that what they were doing was clickbait to drive traffic to their website, which works yeah. because it was the most read yeah, article on the Guardian website. So they'll have made advertising money from it at the expense of people like you and me and more important people than us who are really struggling to get by in life. So it's a fucking cheery discussion, this intel. That's been my week of, of anger and, uh, <laughs> and annoyance. What about your week? <laughs> That's without me being there as well. Good, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, um, yeah, I, I let the mask go a bit after our masking conversation. I had to, I had to risk a lot of RST. I've already said this, I can't remember. I had to no. ask people to just sort of fuck off a bit from criticizing me all the time in a nice, coachy way. But, it, uh, yeah, I needed to do that. Um, so that was, that was an interesting one. The Guardian article as well really pissed me off. I, mm. I give them a voluntary donation every week. Oh. And I was thinking, I know, right? It gave. And I was mm. thinking, imagine if you did that about autism or depression or yeah, schizophrenia exactly. or any other, any other neuropsychiatric disorder. It's, we get absolutely <laughs> beasted for having ADHD sometimes. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I, you can say it was satire, but it, absolute shit satire yeah it, so go on now i was about to say we talked we talked about this in the is adhd real episode and we've talked about it a lot on social media and it's it's amazing that 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 whatever it is the bar at which they're willing to to push criticizing that condition just does just seem to be different for adhd because nobody says nobody's written an article saying well actually there are it was pointed out to me by um a, a colleague who we're hopefully going to work with to campaign on this that actually the guardian has written articles that are quite defamatory towards people with asd or autistic spectrum conditions as well yeah. and there seems to be this slightly anti-neurodivergent approach that they've adopted in the last few years which is kind of against their traditional journalistic leanings of being kind of liberal and supportive but mm. i've seen no articles in in mainstream media kind of saying Oh, you know, but depression's not real and everyone gets diagnosed with depression. I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you you're depressed. I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you, you know, you've got schizophrenia or et cetera. But it's weird that ADHD is that it's okay. It feels like they feel like it's okay to do that with ADHD. I think it's because from the outside, it can look like a lack of willpower, can look like laziness, can look, well, in your case, it is those things. But for most of us, it's an actual <laughs> it's, it's, disability. Yeah. It's objectively those things. I just need to work harder, don't I, Al? Really? Have you tried just putting, you know, not letting it bother you? <laughs> no, a, no, I've this not, isn't I've funny not at all. <laughs> One of our, we, we, I had somebody contact us on Twitter to say that they're in their actual psychiatric consult for ADHD, the psychiatrist felt empowered enough to say it's very popular at the moment. Oh, you know. <laughs> Fuck off. Right. Oh my God, these people. Right, I'm not doing this anymore. Let's be positive. Yes. 
What we do, or we always ask the same extra Thursday question, James. What stupid thing have you been doing instead of what you were supposed to be doing this week? Um, <laughs> so I've um, I've had a, a, a bug, kind of a, a yeah. flu-like bug, diarrhea and vomiting and, and aches and pains and all that. And it's, other than feeling ill, it's it's always lovely to get that reminder that when you're stressed or when you're ill, all your ADHD symptoms seem to get worse. So I've, I've been actually, I've, I suppose I've been ADHDing, Al, and obviously vomiting and, and you know, shitting like a train in the house. Um, and while I was meant to have all these plans to do, to do stuff, obviously work stuff and stuff for the charity, et cetera, and that just goes out the window because I was either feeling ill or just completely incapable because all the, all the ADHD was ramped up um, a level. So I suppose it's not so much a stupid thing. I've just been having ADHD plus uh, all week. What about you? Um, well, <laughs> I, one of the things I was supposed to be doing was at least writing a bullet point list of the scripts for this exact Thursday <laughs> Extra podcast. <laughs> and as we both know, because we have yeah. the Google Doc in front of me, I, I just didn't. I was supposed to be doing that. And the thing that I was doing is doing electrical stuff around the house, rewiring <laughs> things. And I am not talented at that. <laughs> but i just i'm like supremely overconfident about it yeah that, i've already bossed two new lights amazing that's that mm. reminds me so much of mrs adhd who has this again supreme confidence that she can do stuff. i mean i know you, you you're actually quite good at doing stuff around the house you're diminishing your ability there I'll, fucking hell, yeah, just, you a compliment you twat or whatever yeah. <laughs> um but 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 mrs adhd she's the same and she'll she's just been bought a soldering iron um oh. for, for a birthday because she wants to carry on making her jewel never soldered of course never worked no. with metal um, but full confidence that this is not going to have any negative sides to it whatsoever. So I do, I do love seeing that's not just her and that other people have that supreme confidence that they can do something quite technical, like electrical wiring. Gonna, well, she's going to look like a leopard when it, when she's got a solder all over her arms. <laughs> I thought you were mispronouncing leper then for some reason. You were calling her a leopard. I mean, yeah, you know, once the solders come off, it will look a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been, I suppose it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? I mean, having an illness and trying to wire your house um, certainly has an oh, impact on shot. On... Oh, yes, don't we just, yeah, don't we just. Okay. Oh, I well, also, also overcommitted. I overcommitted to fly to Bristol to do a talk with you because I was jealous yeah. that you were doing it on your own. <laughs> yeah, I feel, should, we just, should we dig into that before we go into the question? So <laughs> hopefully people are aware now that... that um, that I was invited, and Alex was as well, actually, to do a series of talks on the science of ADHD by Seed Talks. And and they wanted very much to break into the north, first of all, before they kind of move us down south. So we've agreed now, an extra two dates have been added, Alex, just to make you happy. Um, we agreed that I do some talks. Now, Alex obviously has massive, I think if the phrase was he said to me that I'm 10% glad I'm not doing this and 90% burning with jealousy. <laughs> Doesn't Which, sound like me. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we've managed to shoehorn Alex into the Bristol show because um, he, by chance, happens to be in the UK on that day. Um, so anybody that wants to see both of us completely ruin uh, and produce a shambolic talk on the science of ADHD, um, we're both doing a talk in Bristol together. Can you remember the date? I can't. Yeah, it's the 1st of December. 
on Thursday. Oh, that's not, that's not long. Right. And, and, you know, despite, like, this is such classic needing external validation really commonly linked with ADHD. Is the reason I am in the UK on that day is the day before I'm being paid by Oxford University to give a talk on ADHD. <laughs> oh, but that's not enough, apparently. So like, <laughs> like <laughs> an ego as round as my giant head. <laughs> Oh, it just make it just makes my week. That does brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. We will take a break. We'll come back in part two where we'll do cover some questions and thoughts from our ADHD UK community. See you in a bit. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Hello, Governor. <laughs> Welcome back to episode fifty-eight. What was that? Sorry, sorry. Alex just did a deliberate. Alex just did a deliberate thirty-second pause before he started, which was fuck. Anyway, carry on. This is this is why we'll never get a a full Logan. You know that, right? No, yeah, we got. Have you seen how close we are? We're we're in one of the charts. We're one. We're one position behind Logan. Of course, I fucking. Which means welcome back to episode. None of that's going in. Welcome back to episode 58 of the ADHD Outlooks podcast. We are in our third extra Thursday episode where we do more personal reflections, questions from all of our community and things we forgot about the last one. James, do you want to explain where we get these questions from? Because I really, really want to big up the Discord community as we're hitting, as we're approaching 700 members after, because we've got volunteers to run Mm. it properly now. Yeah. And we get it from people with ADHDL. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is it. No, so so yeah, so so the, so the Discord channel is is our little online community which we're building and growing. There's a link to it on the bio on Instagram, and I think Alex has, has again pinned a crudely drawn tweet um, to the top of of Twitter. There's also, if there isn't, there'll be a link on our website soon. Um, and when we get to above a thousand people in there, then it'll be searchable. So people can just search for it and join on Discord. But Discord is an app you can download onto your laptop or your phone. Um, and then you can pick the channels you want to be involved with and just and meet and chat to people that um, also have ADHD. Was that good enough, Al? It was really good. It's a massive time suck as well. So make sure you don't spend all your time <laughs> on it like some of us do. Right. First uh question we've got from the community is from Kirsty, who's a big part of the Discord community. Hi, Murphy Meow Meow. Hi. And they say, has the artificial colours thing for ADHD been debunked completely? This is referring to the fact that a lot of people used to say that the hyperactivity and even ADHD was caused by e-numbers, was caused mm. by um, artificial colours. James, you're a yeah. fat scientist. <laughs> Works on more than one <laughs> level, that joke, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? Well, what I'd say is you can actually separate has it been debunked into two parts. Scientifically, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there is no, literally zero robust evidence that consumption of, bollocks, yeah, of artificial sweeteners during childhood somehow impacts the brain to cause ADHD. But what I would say is it's, it's not been debunked to the point that everybody out there is aware of this. Because there are many people who still talk about consuming sugar, still talk about artificial sweeteners, um, a little bit as part of those persistent myths and stigma. But in terms of the science behind it, there's there's just there's nothing there. It's 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 not a thing. Not a thing, like your hair. Right. We've <laughs> had a question from Sense Sensibility. Sensei Sensibility. I like that very much. <laughs> it said. Uh, 
what are the similarities and differences between masking and coping strategies? Which I really like because it was, you know, yeah. we, we hadn't released the masking episode when this was written. But I just thought I'd remind you that it depends who you talk to. There are um, different views of what those words mean. From our perspective, broadly speaking, masking kind of is a, one of the coping strategies and arguably mm. not one of the healthier ones. Mm. It's fitting in camouflaging to avoid to avoid I mean, partly just to fit in, because that's nice sometimes, but also because people who are different face some serious stigma, violence, that kind of thing. And it can be at the expense of your mental health, even your physical mm. health, if you're absolutely hiding what you want to do and who you are all mm. the time. Um, whereas there's lots of coping strategies, lots of healthy ones, like think, working with someone to figure out what your strengths are and trying to fit a job that suit those that's a coping strategy but you're not masking are you it's the real you james anything to add you big funny haired monkey looking <laughs> no i mean for once for once what you said is relatively sensible i think just to answer that <laughs> oh mercy the, the compliments <laughs> are just flying you yeah um yeah just just to add to that one of the things that, that i lots with adhd do even when they are open and tell people they've got adhd is often masked to make people think they're coping better so whilst it is a, it is like you say a maladaptive coping strategy and equally it's something that we do to make sure we fit in with colleagues or family etc sometimes people do it within the adhd communities to make it look like they're coping better so it has kind of multiple facets, if you like, that we'll often do it with people that don't know we've got ADHD because we don't want them to know we've got ADHD, or we'll do it because we don't want them to know how absolutely fucked up we are in terms of what's going on inside those big, beautiful, spherical heads that everybody apart from you has. Um, yeah, so I think it is multifaceted. What? What? Sorry, can we what? Just, <laughs> just going to feed that back to you. Those big, perfectly spherical heads. No, I, did, everybody... I said big, beautiful. I said big, beautiful. Or I wouldn't call your that. I wouldn't call that thing oh, I'm looking at now beautiful. The implication, though, is that everyone's got a big spherical no, head. No, no, just, just, just people with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next question. Yeah. <laughs> the next question is from Gleno. Um, and he said, when I first realized I may have ADHD and started looking for information, I was very conscious of confirmation bias. So I spent a lot of time searching for things that may indicate I didn't have ADHD as well. I didn't find anything myself. Is there any condition, trait, ability or other indicator that a person can have that would preclude ADHD? That's a Alex. really, really good question. Um, I mean, the really short answer is no, because because ADHD is made up of three things and you can have different flavours. So if one of them is missing, it could be... So, for example, if you're not um, hyperactive, you could have inattentive type ADHD. So so briefly speaking, no, it has to just match the, all the criteria in the diagnostic manuals and have a negative impact on blah, 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 boring, boring, yeah. on you in a couple of environments. And from when you were a kid as well. Um, yeah. So, but there is a sort of, sort of yes answer as well, which isn't, isn't a fact uh, as such, but a lot of psychologists would, would argue that, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this. Some people, and I'm kind of one of them, think that it's all, it's very difficult to have OCD and ADHD. Which is really interesting because I think that you will read sometimes that there's a high comorbidity. Mm. When in fact, it appears that a central facet of OCD is the complex rituals needed 
to maintain those compulsions. And it seems that in ADHD, doing those complex rituals is notoriously difficult. So usually the ability to focus for that period of time, for long times so and many, many times a day on one complex repetitive task is almost not possible with ADHD. Other, you know, there could be caveats to this, but yeah, that might be one. What are you that laughing was, at, my funny eyes? Um, no, 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 no. For, for the whole of that, actually relatively eloquent and well put together um, bit of dialogue you just um, spoke, I was trying to suppress a burp. And oh, when, when you got about two thirds in, I thought, should I just let it out? And then, then I went off into this little <laughs> mind wandering kind laughing. of yeah, it'd be quite if I did a really big burp now, that would probably make make Alex laugh and it, it might be funny. And also it would stop him in his tracks, which and then just I kind of phased back in just as you were finishing. That's when I started I started laughing. What I would add is that <clears throat> and Alex told me this is that there are that there are a couple of things which I think are worth talking about. One is that lockdown actually created adhd like symptoms in lots of people yeah and this is why the one of the important people i mean that guardian ask was saying oh it's really easy to get diagnosed actually there are pretty robust hurdles yeah. in the way of getting a diagnosis you have to have five out of nine of, of one or either set of symptoms hyperactivity impulsivity or inattentiveness you have to have some evidence even if it's narrative that you know, you had it in childhood because the, the the belief is at the minute, although not all scientists agree, it cannot spontaneously occur in adulthood. It's a neurodevelopmental disorder, and therefore the brain has to develop differently. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so whilst lots of people in lockdown, because they were completely compressed and staying in the same house or room with the same person all the time, started to get some symptoms of ADHD, they didn't all necessarily have ADHD. So it's really important and from a psychiatric point of view, you wouldn't get a diagnosis if you said, no, no, I was fine as a kid. I had no symptoms at all. Was was completely fine. It's only in the last year or in the last couple of months that it's it started to happen. But there's also something that's worth chatting about really briefly, and that's subthreshold ADHD. And that is that the five out of nine of the symptoms uh, for each, for inattentiveness and hyperactivity, impulsivity, if you get four, for example, and therefore, a, psych a psychiatrist said, well, you don't have ADHD. Y you might have what's called a subthreshold ADHD, which you might want to call mild ADHD. And actually, there's evidence to suggest that if you are in that category, that you have worse outcomes than somebody without ADHD, but not as bad as somebody with ADHD. So <clears throat> there's now a growing kind of a body of research. This is something that needs to be looked at, this this possibly mild form or, or subthreshold form. Because at the minute, you, get, you don't get diagnosed, you get sent away and question who you are but actually you might have this mild form yes Al. so if you had four out of nine on the impulsivity yeah. bit but nine out of nine yeah you'd, 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 the... be an, you'd be an attentive type you wouldn't be classed as combined you'd be an attentive type even though you might have mild symptoms of, of hyperactivity impulsivity and the, it's the other a thing call isn't it of course well it is i mean <clears throat> partly it'll be down to how well you wrote the forms the other thing i would say is that really the purpose of the of the interview you have in the assessment a psychiatrist will have worked out before the assessment whether you've got the symptoms they'll have looked at your forms they'll have worked out yes you've got five in this area and six in that you're probably combined type and a lot of what you'll talk about in your assessment is actually working out what else is going on 
because the last of the the diagnostic criteria is that your symptoms could not be reasonably caused by a different psychiatric disorder and i don't want to to scare people and make them think oh god they're going to think this is anxiety or they're going to think this is something else but if there are other really significant issues that might cause some of the issues that you are seeing that it's more obvious that it's that than adhd that might um influence the way in which a psychiatrist views the decision that they make so so it's unlikely that there are other very common conditions traits abilities that might say that you mean you can't have adhd but as a big asterisk you know if you've got um a, a lifetime uh, history of a different psychiatric disorder as well as now having these symptoms it's possible that it could be that other psychiatric disorder does that make sense no and i wasn't listening just before we go to the break <laughs> I would like to add that Glenn O'Hare talked about the idea of confirmation bias. I just mm. want to point out that people this say to me all the time, I'm terrified of my ADHD referral because if they say I don't have ADHD, then it's because I'm lazy. Then mm. I'm just a faker. Then I'm the one that's actually just rubbish and I'm just a bad person. We hear it all the time, all the time. Yeah. And that's why people are terrified of this confirmation bias that the the only thing we can advise is, is yeah. we all felt like that and it isn't true. I would say nobody is lazy. It just isn't something that humans do. It's motivated and not motivated. And if you don't know what motivates you, what your inte- what what your intentions, how to deal with your intentions in life, that's that is a, a fucking nightmare and nothing to do with laziness. What say you, James? Were you listening? <laughs> Um, you said no one is lazy. You said something about having a round head. I don't know. I kind of I phased yeah, that a bit. All of all there, of us do. Yeah, there is. There's one more question now because you said before we go to the break. There's another question. You oh. have read that. Haven't you? <laughs> I have, but I was gonna. That's for the next podcast. I accidentally put it in the wrong screen. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> well, on, well, on that, well, on that, on that professional, professional um, note. Yeah. On that professional note, we'll take a break and come back in part three for our <laughs> further thoughts on this week's theme. See you in a bit. trumpet see it's this it's this that if people saw it they would understand why i have animosity towards you welcome back to part three of episode 58 of the adhd fucking hell adults podcast um in this part of our extra that's an extra special it's not extra special of our extra (laughs) first episode in fact it's the, the, the monday one's not special this one so this one's no extra special reality jesus christ it's not going well today um in part three we we give some shut up we give some further reflections on the theme which this week was adhd and pain so captain bulbous cranium do you want to kick us off with some extra personal reflections on how much pain you cause everybody who lives with you yeah yeah i will so the whole concept of pain and how we feel pain is tied in with my actual professional life (laughs) as an academic um I used to work in, as you know, James, in, in migraine research or in the, mm. the molecules of the brain that cause migraine. And that was as boring as, as much of my work. But what there is is a multi-million dollar drug in the pipeline for migraine that, <laughs> that's got nothing to do with me. I spent yeah. 15 years looking for a drug for this molecule to stop migraines. And I knew it had to be a pill that you could take because no one would take an <laughs> injection for a headache. And 
it turns out, James, because of hubris, arrogance, and a lack of interest, I'd never actually spoken to anyone who had migraines. Never bothered. Never even thought about any like public engagement. And turns out, right. oh, I don't know if you go on. Well, or asking me, you know, who's had a, yeah, like, a, life, a life, lifetime record of having migraines. You could have just said, <laughs> "Would you? Would you take an injection?" Yeah, <laughs> if I had then I would have learned that this is, you know, this is sometimes suicidal cause and mm. chronic lifelong condition that people would cheerfully inject themselves 10 times a day to stop. But I didn't ask because, you know, I had a PhD and I knew everything. <laughs> this was the Aston years when I was not brilliant. And uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the reasons we do our, our public engagement, one of the reasons I do it, James, is is because I that was such an embarrassment when I realized that a lot of people's lived experience is more important than my scientific knowledge. And so, yeah, from, from a pain perspective, knowing about, about ADHD and how we deal with it is really important. But from a personal development, Jesus, I learned a lot. What about you? Tell us about pain. Cause you're giving me pain yeah, right was... now with your face. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's, that's quite a good one. Actually. I'll give you that. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. I've actually had a little bit of time to reflect since we recorded the episode and, and kind of think about my relationship with pain and kind of ages ago, I suppose around the time just before I got diagnosed when I was really you know talking to you, sadly, but also looking into all the coexisting conditions and finding those weird and wonderful things like migraine and hyperflexibility and, and hypothyroidism and the old stuff, a lot of them, not hyperflexibility, hyperflexibility applied to me that I, I started to realize then that this kind of lifetime relationship with, with pain was probably flavored by my ADHD. And what I would say is, and this is, this is really important, is that if you've got chronic pain particularly, and that means you've got pain for an extended period of time, it's not going away. You're having to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. It's, um, it's, it's more than the sum of its incredibly shit parts. It's, you don't just have to deal with pain and the impact it has on you. It has a massive impact on the whole of your life. So my um, very well-documented issues with, with mood and my, uh, the, low, the low elements of my cyclothymia, um, my, my mood disorder, are often triggered by pain. And it's the, the two pains that I generally tend to have. And one is the chronic uh, back pain from when I had my spine screwed together back in 1996. And migraines, those are the two pain issues I have most and the problem is that if I take painkillers for the back they give me migraines so there, there was a period of time particularly up until about six months ago and for two years before where I'd have to make a choice and that is if I want to be social and see friends fuck off Alex then I, I, I if I if my back is in pain which it is every day I've got a choice which is be in pain which means you're a bit limited in what you can do I kind of have to be sat down somewhere comfy and you know Sam and I have a a uh, long history of going to Ibiza and engaging in activities that aren't sitting down and, and just being comfy. And therefore you, mm. you kind of can't do those if you're in pain. Um, so the choice is am I in pain and therefore I'm limiting what I can do? Or do I risk a migraine by taking these painkillers, which mean I can do those things. And, and a, a couple of my absolute rock bottom mental health episodes have been driven by exactly that, where I've gone to a big party or I've gone to, um, to Ibiza and stayed at my kind of, cultural home pikes hotel taken uh, dihydrocodone to get out of pain it's given me a migraine spent the left the next 18 hours in bed missing out on all the fun and, and thinking well everyone thinks i'm useless and then that's just driven me into despair and there's a few issues there that are really important one it can affect mood clearly two it can affect relationships there's been a lot of times in the last couple of years 
maybe as long as five years where I've, I've looked at poor Mrs. ADHD and said, you didn't fucking sign up for this. You didn't sign up for being with an old man who can't do fundamental things like exercising or go to a club with you or, or do whatever because he's in pain. You didn't sign up to be with somebody who has to cancel going and seeing friends at the last minute because he is in pain. And that's un unfair with her. So my mood is affected. I, I feel our relationship is affected. I'm sure Mrs. ADHD would be very nice and say no, it isn't. But it has been. Um, my self-esteem is massively affected because I, you've talked in the past about not feeling like a real boy. Well, I don't feel like a real man. You know, I can't do some some forms of DIY around the house because I'll, I'll be in pain. And I can't do a lot of the things that I want to do as a an adult male because of pain. And that kind of knocks my self-esteem as well as my mood. It leads to me eating. One of my coping mechanisms for pain is eating, and I'm a binge eater, so that drives that whole negative or maladaptive coping mechanism. In fact, <laughs> a few years ago, I was referred to a to a chronic pain management team. It was the biggest fucking waste of time ever. And they asked everybody in the room, well, what are your coping mechanisms? When I said eating, they went, I've never heard of that. And I thought, really? Because for me, when I'm in a lot of pain, just eat all the crap, the chocolate, the crisps, and then it just gives me a little bit of, if you like, reward internally which helps me feel just a little bit better and it also clearly has had a, an effect on employment because i've missed so many things from either having migraines or back pain and again that really knocks me so when i look back over the last 20 years at the parts of my pain my, my relationship with pain which have been negative mm. that, that's why i had the a tattoo on my wrist it's not all about you which obviously i never look at because you know, an object and visibility, et cetera. But it was, there to remind me, it was there to remind me that when I'm in one of those situations where I think, oh, God, I'm ruining everyone's time because I've got a migraine. Oh, God, I'm terrible. Most people don't care. They get on with their lives and have fun, and I'm just laying in bed feeling sorry for myself. Um, Add to that the, the lack of the ability to see the future, not not literally, but, but yeah. we don't have that mind's eye. Yeah. It's hard to think of, oh, well, I'll be fine in a few days. That is not... What was that whistle? Is that you having a little whistly drink? Me having a little drink. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're the least professional. I mean, I'm the second Shambolic. least professional. <laughs> You're the third least professional. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> Mrs. ADHD, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, cool. What about... Have we done yours? Yeah, we've done yours, haven't we? I think you've got yeah, more. I don't, you I'm, more? I'm just like fundamentally look at the moment my knee hurts because i've ripped a couple of tendons mm. in it and it means i can't exercise and the pain means i can't and exercise is my coping mechanism for most of my adhd symptoms more than the drugs so you know i, I get a tiny one percent flavor of what you face every day mm. but i'm certainly not going to moan about it because i'm stoic and better than you <laughs> ironically alex and i've not mentioned this now because i'm not a big whinger lucky my knee's fucked as well the noises my left knee now makes if i bend it for more than three minutes it makes a very audible crack and i feel a twang as something is clearly cracking if you like and I was going to try and stick it next to the microphone and let people hear, but everyone will vomit Ding. when they hear it. Yeah, good one. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Opie knee doesn't get better. Oh, I just wanted to point out really quickly. Um, yeah. For the second time in our existence as an organization, somebody, um, I think in their mind, very helpfully got in touch uh, to, to ask why I'm so mean to you, Al. Yeah. Um, and when I explained that we've known each other and we've been best mates for 15, 16 years and this is our dynamic, I mean, I'm, I'm not mean to him. And Alex is kind of happy with this. They didn't believe me and, and said, no, it's clear that 
Alex they is told very me how, unhappy. It's clear that I'm unhappy. <laughs> no, <and> all, <laughs> that and, was amazing. And, and also importantly, that your your kindness and your something heart shines through for everybody to see, and everyone is aware of this. And I just think it's really important. We have said this before, and in fact, anyone that's listened to all the episodes will know we did an episode where we were nice to each other because mm, the only I other did person not care to get for that. No, I did not. The only other person to get in touch and say this same thing: "You're too mean to each other. I don't like it." We thought, well, let's try being nice. So I just wanted to make sure if, if anyone's really unsure, oh God, <laughs> I kind of love him to bits, really. He's a, he's a massive twat, but he's very important to me. And this is, this is, it, we're playing with each other because we are the kind of the closest of close friends. Whereas ironically, <laughs> I, I genuinely dislike you. And the reason that, the reason that I'm bulletproof to your insults is because they're, it's just like a dog yapping in a in a in a yard to me. It's no different or, or, from or, the, the wind through the or trees. it's or it's just white noise because everybody hates you and criticizes you all the time. So it's just like it's just lost in that kind of you know tsunami of people giving you negativity, isn't it? Yeah, it's a superpower always being hated <laughs> for, for my personality. Fab. <laughs> Right, lovely. Okay, I'll see you on Monday for the next episode, James, because that was episode 58, our extra special third Thursday episode of The ADHD Adults. Another poorly advised extradition. If you like this nonsense and want to get involved, please contact us on the socials, Twitter, because it's apparently still alive at the moment, Discord, (laughs) Instagram, the Facebooks, MySpace, Ask Jeeves, the (laughs) Pigeons, all that. Goodbye. See you later. Trigger warning, clacks on. Clacks on, clacks on. Clacks on, clacks on. Big clacks on. Trigger warning, clacks on.